Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Ah. Had to take an extra sip there. Today is we haven't done this for a while. Say it with me. Friday. Um, April 22nd. So it's 4-22-22. And um, it's a beautiful morning here. Crabapple tree is in glorious bloom. Um, and I'm realizing however that I need something on my little arms because we're gonna have winds again today. But today and tomorrow should be the last for the big winds and then we get nice again. Um, but I'm going to go grab a jacket. I shall be right back. There. I put on uh, pink to match the crab apple. Which you probably can't see all that well because of the rising sun. But um, and I grabbed my notes because I made notes today. Um, I think I haven't given a writing update in a while. I'm still working on the storm princess and the raving king. I am well past midpoint. I'm closing in on scene five. And I'm at um, a little shy 55,000 words. I I think it's going fine. It's funny because lately uh, several people have asked me how the writing is going which I guess people must ask me all the time and I'm just noticing it lately because I actually don't have a good answer to it. Um, I think my head is so caught up with nebula planning and cephalus stuff that I'm actually not I don't know. I'm I'm not um what is the word I want people. I want to say kvetching and that's not right. Um I'm not all caught up in the book. I'm not having my usual emotional turmoil over writing this book. I feel like I'm circling in the book. I thought that after the break over Easter in Tucson with the family where I didn't write it all for a few days that I that would be a great time to come back and revise from the beginning and I didn't feel like doing that. I felt like going forward with where I was in the book. I keep wanting to turn the laptop but I want you guys to see the crap apple. You probably don't care but you get to see it anyway. Um yeah I wanted to keep going and and I feel like and I do think I've mentioned this before you know this is Ryan and Lena's story and they're kind of caught in something of a vicious circle in their relationship. So I can't tell how much of this is them circling and how much it's me circling but to some extent I am oddly sanguine about it. How often do we get to use that word in daily conversation? I am I have a good plan. I have time to revise and I realize that I may end up like doing a lot of cutting and streamlining by the time I get to it. Maybe I won't. I often think that I am and then I I don't. So so we shall see um but so far I'm feeling fine about the book. Maybe that's a bad sign. <sighs> Coffee tastes good. I am also am on something of a rabbit hole. 
I don't know if it counts as a rabbit hole if I'm not lost to it. But I'm doing so I started reading something unusual for me and I do blame Connie Willis. Okay now I am turning the laptop so I can sit back a little bit here because she in her great epigraphs do you call them epigraphs if it's just like a little forwardy thing to her stories in the collection firewatch she mentioned the poet Elizabeth Barrett Browning and the courtship between her and her husband the poet Robert Browning with stuff that I didn't know um because before this I think I knew about them that you know it's like the result of of this education I don't know maybe we could scathingly say um American public school education which only gives a glancing overview also my um private liberal arts college education get this shallow overview of everything every once in a while it seems like people especially the experts the experts uh, I put that in air quotes uh, complain about that sort of thing <laughs> and and I always think whenever I think of that word I think of when I was in graduate school and one of my favorite professors had a poster up that said experts don't know more than anybody else they're just better prepared and have slides <laughs> you guys it is so fucking true those are words to live by so uh yeah the experts I I think this is a theme with me I I circle back around to things about experts and people knowing stuff and putting a lot of pride in what they know anyway I will admit without hesitation that I had this very uh shallow understanding of the poets Elizabeth Barrett Browning and Robert Browning which I suspect many of us have um, and I can quote the one poem how do I love thee let me count the ways but I did not know a lot about their courtship I did not know that she was a famous poet before I knew she'd married later in life I didn't know that she was 40 that he was nine years younger that he fell in love with her poetry and courted her because of that uh, that she was basically an invalid and a shut in fascinating things about her family. So I, I do get interested in biographies but this was a little bit of a departure for me because I was reading about this while I was at my folks house in Tucson and impulsively bought a couple of books one on Kindle and one on paper of all things that are biographies of her. And so I've been reading this book and I could actually give you the actual title and I can link to it and be responsible. But I'm reading a book called dared and done the marriage of Elizabeth Barrett and Robert Browning by Julia Marcus and it's very interesting and I I'm enjoying it a whole bunch. Uh, it really feels like it's feeding an unasked question. You know how the universe sometimes does that it supplies you stuff that you didn't know you wanted to think about and there's great stuff in this book that I didn't know I wanted to think about 
and and there's going to be a lot here i think this is going to become a book slash series slash new world someday uh, i try not to tease you guys with secret projects because you complain and i know you complain with love but um yeah this this gave me an idea with a capital i so but it's far down the road i have um I mean have I caught you guys up on stuff lately doesn't matter after I finish storm princess and the raven king that ties off the heirs of magic series that'll be done then I'm going to write another book in bonds of magic series for all of you wondering if there are more books after gray magic that's what I'm writing once I finish this then I have two more books planned to write uh one is one that I started that I think I have something like a hundred pages on. Let's see how many pages I have on that. Maybe it's not so many. I might be um, overly optimistic there. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, <coughs> sorry, I had to sneeze. Might be just the one. I no, that's not so bad. I have eighty-seven pages on it. Twenty, a little shy of twenty-four thousand words. I want to finish writing that book and then I have another new shiny idea that I promised to write for agent Sarah in the fall for a possible submission. Our other thing is still out on submission and um she Sarah wrote me an email the other day and actually let me find this because you guys will be interested. I think she won't mind me sharing this but it's very interesting industry wise. So you know we just don't have much going on with that secret project that's been out you know since last fall uh, genre departure and Sarah says she gave me a few updates there's really nothing much to say but she said all submissions are going slow and to give you some perspective I'm currently out with eight different submissions spanning all genres from historical to sweet contemporary to paranormal rom-com all are going slow. And I think this is more a symptom of publishing at the moment versus your book. People are just hitting bandwidth walls and they need something. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And until they need something or something heats up, it's going slow. But going to be trying to, as my dad would say, kick the tires and light the fires, resubs, and see if we can get some good news. She's very sweet. But, and I am hearing this from more people than Sarah. Um, and it's interesting even like with nebula planning you know we have people just dropping out of doing stuff uh, just like suddenly hitting overwhelm. I think it's just where we are um, bandwidth bandwidth is a real thing for people right now. So this feels like a good time for me to be uh, contemplating new things. So a lot of writers talk about and I, I hear writers say this all the time that they won't read anything in their genre while they're writing a particular book which for me because I'm all always writing I don't that wouldn't be possible then I would never read in my own genre but I also think that that's a um, it's a consideration that's not that important because and I know I emphasize this all the time that people who plagiarize are doing it on purpose and putting stuff into the stew of your creative mind is 
that's just partly how we refill the well. So so I'm reading this stuff about Elizabeth Barrett and kind of storing it away into this stew for this story I want to write. But it's also giving me interesting food for thought. And one of them is is that she was as I said famous as a poet um as as an invalid uh basically a shut in she didn't leave her room for many many years and there's different stuff about like what was wrong with her but we won't go into all of that you can go read the book but this fine I mean it's a great love story right and it's exactly the kind of thing that I write about and that I love in romance is that when she fell in love with Robert Browning that gave her the impetus to take control of her health and to leave her room for the first time in I think you know in something like a decade and she ended up marrying him and running off you know of avoiding her tyrannical father uh, evading escaping uh, running off to Italy and lived and she lived there married deliriously happy for 15 years before she died still too young uh, around my age. Yeah. <laughs> and it's um the part that the book that I'm getting into now is and it does as the title indicates really focuses on their marriage. The book that I got on paper focuses a whole lot on her early life but she continued to be a prolific poet and write, wrote a whole lot about the political events going on in Italy at the time which is another big lacuna in my public school education that I really didn't know much about what was going on in the middle 1800s in Italy. Did you? I'm giving you all the inquiring look. Maybe it would be a little much to expect and and actually what this book is saying is is that even at the time very few people um, in England or America knew about the politics of Italy and where the uh, you know the period in Paris when all of the writers were there you know really made Parisian politics very familiar to people. Elizabeth Barrett was writing about the politics in Italy and so was Robert Browning but people weren't interested they they just so didn't care and another fascinating thing is is that once she was married and had a child which isn't that cool I mean she had a child after she was she was like 41 or 42. I I I think it's interesting because when I was 36 this gal that I knew I don't know if I would call her a friend but we were sort of in the same circle but she she asked me one day kind of out of the blue if I had regretted never having children and I was 36 and I it took me aback and I said I didn't think I'd never had them yet <laughs> and and she was flustered and was all like oh well, I didn't mean it. it's like well why do you ask somebody a question like that. Uh, for the record I never tried to have children I, I always use birth control I never woke up one day uh, thinking that 
I needed to have a baby. I kept thinking I might, you know, like that ticking clock would suddenly go off and I would hear the alarm and I didn't. But I also acquired two stepchildren when I was 24 and that kind of sucked up all of my what little maternal bandwidth I apparently have. Uh, total aside there. Anyway, after she was married, her poetry got dismissed as being um, like Robert Browning's wife's. And it sort of depends on the era. And I found this fascinating because the author says that um, she refers to as criticism changed as as the uh, critical community uh, and critical in terms of literary criticism changed up through the 1950s when they began to understand that a poem could also be and mean something that her her Italian poems about politics were dismissed as being um, cheapened by being about politics instead of being about like higher things. Isn't that interesting? And I know I touched on this the other day and uh, Lexi Chantal made a lovely reel about it. Thank you, Lexi. Uh, and reacted to it in a blog post on the SFF seven blog about whether or not we try to make our work outlive us, whether we try to make it mean something. And it was fascinating to me, the idea that literary criticism evolves also, which I mean, I guess I thought I knew this, but it was interesting hearing someone else say it because you guys hear me talk all the time about objecting to people qualifying stuff as whether or not it's well-written or is it a good book or a bad book. <laughs> and there, there's a great meme going around with Stephen King who personally pisses me off because I don't know why Stephen King decided he got to be on a literary high horse that he gets to pass judgment on whether or not other people are writing good books. But I do think it's interesting the idea that how we view creative works changes over time. It makes sense that it does, but I'm mulling this idea now that so much can be just what we see in the moment is very different with historical perspective, right? Uh, and one thing that the author who is a woman is talking about is how Elizabeth Barrett was, she calls her, describes her as being diffident and self-effacing. She was a very modest person, even though she started out being hugely more famous than Robert Browning, she was also a shut in. She had a very, very small world and she had many people who came to visit her and a lively correspondence, but she also just did not have a huge ego. And so she would excuse herself saying, uh, you know, I'm only watching this through my window and you know, I'm just as a woman. And she used analogies after she married of being a wife and being a mother, because of course she did. This is going back to what I was talking about the other day with the pipes and how that colors the water that comes out of the pipes. What we are doing 
who we are at any given time is going to influence our creative voice. Well the critics damned her for her for it saying that again that she had made her work less important by using these womanly analogies you know and it's like well you know fuck those guys. <laughs> it's just sort of like a, I want to say the more things change the more they stay the same but I think we're just still living out this same trajectory. So anyway those are all the things that I'm thinking about right now. Uh, it's it's a really uh, it's a I call it a rabbit hole because I had not expected it all to be going in this direction and I'm finding it immensely rewarding. And I suppose this is how we deepen our previously shallow educations right. Uh, one of my favorite professors in college uh, said that the whole point of a college education is to teach you how to continue to learn for for the rest of your life. And I think that is um, that ha that has served me very well. I, I absolutely believe that and this is an example right here I am continuing to learn about uh, the politics of Italy in the mid 1800s. Did you know that they were not a unified nation? I didn't know that. And I don't about Elizabeth Barrett and Robert Browning fascinating stuff filling that well it's really fun. All right I'm going to head out I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. I hope you find some delightful rabbit holes of your own and I will talk to you all on Monday. Take care. Bye bye.